You know, people have asked me a lot of questions over the years uh, about um, what's the right way to receive Holy Communion? Should I be very reverent and quiet? Should I have my hands open? I had one person come up to me one time, and, and he said, well, you know, I typically come up front, and I just kind of reach out and grab it. Should I be grabbing it like that? Because he remembered one time he grabbed the loaf, and, and actually it was kind of crumbly bread. You can use your imagination from there. And it crumbled all over the place, and he was, uh, well, he was concerned. He was heartbroken, actually, the Lord's body all over the floor. I've had people who receive Holy Communion with virtually no emotion, and I've had people come up very slowly, very calculated and carefully, open their hands, receive communion with tears in their eyes. You know, communion is such a personal thing. There are a lot of questions, a lot of questions over the years and even today about what does Holy Communion mean? What really happens? Does anything happen to the the bread and the rice crackers that we use here for our gluten-free people? And the juice? Should it be wine? What happens? And where's Jesus in the midst of all that? Brandon, I invite you to come and share with us from Matthew chapter 26. And before the end of the day, I'm going to introduce you to Miss Mary Jones. We're going to hear what Mary Jones has to say about those questions and answers. Our scripture this morning is from Matthew chapter 26, verses 17 through 19, and verses 26 through 30. Jesus eats the Passover meal. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, The followers came to Jesus. They said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover meal? Jesus answered, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, The chosen time is near. I will have the Passover with my followers at your house. The followers did what Jesus told them to do, and they prepared the Passover meal. The Lord's Supper. While they were eating, Jesus took some bread and thanked God for it and broke it. Then he gave it to his followers and said, Take this bread and eat it. This is my body. Then Jesus took a cup and thanked God for it and gave it to the followers. He said, Every one of you drink this. This is my blood, which is the new agreement that God makes with his people. This blood is poured out for many to forgive their sins. I tell you this, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine again until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Brandon. You know, one of the things I like about the Matthew text is they're eating, they're eating the Passover meal, and and just as they're finishing up the meal, Matthew says, after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. I've always liked to say they had to have been Methodists. They, They ate, 
They ate a full meal, and then they sang. You know, there's so many different understandings of communion. And I honestly, I'm not going to do this, but I wish I had your attention for about 45 minutes today before we even actually celebrated the feast, Holy Communion, right here in this room so that I could give you a much more richer understanding. So there's there's some things I'm going to bring up today that really need to be unpacked a lot. And we're not going to do that. But perhaps someday... Someday, we can have a little bit more talked about and said and shared about Holy Communion itself. But I'm sharing a message with you that, by the way, uh, I preached it one time before 11 years ago. 11 years ago. I was looking in my notes, and I just wanted to say a word. I wanted to say a word about about Holy Communion because I remembered there have been so many questions from people of all ages about how to do it. Very few people have asked me why. There's usually how. What should my demeanor be? Should I have my hands out? Should I use one hand? Should I use two hands? Is it okay? I had one person one time say, is it okay if I come up in my walker? And you know, all those questions, I always just look back and read the kind of person Jesus was. Yeah, you bet he wants you up in your walker. He wants you up in your... He'd have us crawling up there if if any way Jesus was the person that went to people who had need. That was his favorite thing to do. So you bet. If you're here with a walker today and you're wondering about coming to Holy Communion, just know you're invited. You're absolutely invited. I'll say another word about that in a minute. But celebrating Holy Communion quite often for a lot of people, maybe not you. We talked. I talked to several of you last week. For some people, it's kind of a walking through and going through the motions because we've been doing it for so long. I was in a different uh, um, uh, faith community when I was a kid. I had my first communion when I was seven years old. I wasn't much of a theologian at that time. I wasn't much of a thinker. I was raised in the church, and my folks told me, this is what you're doing. (laughs) So I followed their directions. Did I have any understanding at all? Maybe I had an inkling. I had an inkling that I was in a church of people that loved me, but I didn't really understand what was going on in the service itself and really didn't even wonder at that time if something happened to the bread and something happened to the wine. This community actually used wine. But as I went through my adult years, my my thoughts changed. I began to think differently about Jesus and my relationship personally with Him. And communion itself changed. I kind of got away from all the theological things that I had learned in cemetery and the things that just got in the way of purely God's gracious love and forgiveness of me for me and for you. But I learned to open my hands wide. I learned different things and different dimensions about children. Uh, Parents are always concerned about Holy Communion and children as well. They they differ on it a, a lot. There are parents uh, um, many, 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 many years ago and still today that want their children to have uh, sufficient instruction about Holy Communion before they start receiving it. And others just see it as a beautiful act of love 
that their kids are going to want to be a part of too. I can tell you if you're wondering what United Methodism teaches, it, it, we just go back to what Jesus said. He said, bring the children on to me. He didn't say we're going to have a background check and have them run a, run a test first. He said, bring them on to me. Bring them here. And then he held them up as an ultimate example of someone who can learn about him. Children, children have been brought to and accepted in the Holy, in the communion table in United Methodism for a long, long time. So what actually did happen that night? And why does Matthew remind us about the Passover? And why is the Passover important here as well? He gathered with his friends for that Passover meal, that meal that they would have celebrated their whole lives each year and that meal was celebrated to to remember to remember that their ancestors came long long ago they were freed out of Egypt we know this some of us have seen the movie they were freed out of Egypt Moses went they made their way across the Red Sea they wandered in the Sinai Peninsula but it was total freedom from them they'd been in bondage what 400 years I can't even imagine that it was a moment that God acted powerfully in, in history. Powerfully. And that's why people gathered. In fact, scholars say, scholars say it may have been four to five million back in biblical times when all the people came into Jerusalem to celebrate that meal of rescue, of freedom. It was a major event. In fact, it was such a major event in their life that, well, what is it, Exodus 12? Exodus 12, God gives through Moses the instructions about how to celebrate Passover, and then He even changed the calendar. Remember that, Bible scholars? He changed the calendar and said, this will be, this will be the beginning of your new year. Yeah. It's so important, I want you to never forget it. And then Jesus came along that night, and He grabbed the, what did it look like? I don't know, that's my idea, that it was unleavened bread. It had to be unleavened bread because the Israelites couldn't put leaven in the bread that night because they didn't have time to wait for it to rise because they had to escape. They had to escape. Passover. Why is this important? Why is Pastor Mike going into this? Because the basis of our Holy Communion service today is the Passover meal. And remember, Passover was one of those plagues that God had visited upon the Egyptians. And it was the Passover where, where they celebrated that meal and then they took the blood of the lamb and they smeared it over the doorpost so that the angel of death, when the angel came, would pass over them so that they could go free. So it would pass over them so that when the time come, they could get together and go free. Just think of it as this. <laughs> I don't know. For today's purposes, it is a powerful, maybe the most powerful way that God acted in, in the history of the Israelites to free them from the bondage that they had been in so long. You know that Holy Communion is, is exactly the same. It's freeing us from bondage and issuing us into a whole brand new, restored, rescued life but I don't know about you, so I'll speak for myself. Over the years, I'm 65, by the way. My first communion was when I was seven. I've had times in my life where I really thought about 
rescue, freedom, redemption when I've received Holy Communion. And I've had other times when I may have been thinking about the Super Bowl. Honestly, I had other things on my mind. I may have been thinking about a meeting with somebody after church. My friends, I know it's not easy. I know it isn't easy. But I'm inviting you today to put yourself, put yourself at that table. Put yourself there. Celebrating freedom. Celebrating redemption. Whatever the bondage, whatever it is that's pushing on your shoulders today. Whatever it might be. It's all about freedom. We already talked about that. that. That's just a map up there. There are some map people in here. Church Doctrine 101. Do you know what? I'm going to be really brief with this. You people who went to seminary, you know the theological words. You know the history that were involved here. That debate went on. It started about 325, and then uh, who was it? Luther and Zwingli? picked it up in, in 1529 and had a big debate about just how is Jesus present at the communion table. 1,200 years, my friends, and it still hasn't stopped. How is Jesus present right up there, right here? How is He present when this morning when you receive Holy Communion from someone? Is He there in, the, in a crumb? Is He there in the bread? Is He there in the cup? There was such a debate about it years and years ago. There was one, one faith denomination that served wine and, and, and a host, and they actually decided to, that's when they decided to remove the cup away from, from the, the laity because they were concerned that it might get spilled. We have people here from a Roman Catholic background. Please know, please know, uh, those of you who actually practice in a Roman Catholic church, I fully realize that you all have been the ones to lead us for hundreds of years. You've, you've, you've led us for hundreds of years through the sacrament of Holy Communion and the different understandings, and it's made things so, so rich. But I invite you, if you're a study-type person, there's a lot of resources. I'll help point them to you. But there's all kinds of different understandings and different thoughts, and debates, yes, about exactly how the communion elements may or may not change. But the whole thing, as, as, as I really love the way the uh, Luther put it, he said there's a fine line between uh, reverence and adoration. He said there's a fine line between reverence and adoration. Luther was always very concerned that people might actually adore the communion elements and then miss out on seeing that it was their relationship with Jesus that was much more important. Luther struggled with this. You Lutherans, you people who are from a Lutheran background, if you remember your Lutheran catechism, he struggled with the really super fine line between reverence and adoration. Church Doctrine 101, however, can add to a lot of confusion for those of us who are still trying to figure out why do I come to Holy Communion? What really happens? Is Jesus there? Or is He in my heart? Is He in my life? 
some of you uh, have uh, noticed that I use some words at other times for remembering. Jesus said that Holy Communion was about remembering Him and remembering what He does for us. Recall about recalling the Passover feast as the basis for Holy Communion. Recall this is God acting mightily in history to restore not only people long ago, but restore all of us here today. And then my favorite word, and we're going to wrap this up, we're going to meet Mary Jones. Ready? My favorite word is no matter what we've learned in seminary, no matter what we've, we've uh, experienced, no matter what types of articles or things we may have read, no matter what all these different debates and classes we may have had, whatever our belief is about church doctrine, Mary Jones has actually helped me the most when it comes to my understanding of Holy Communion. You see, there's a Mary Jones in a church all over, all over the world today. I met Mary Jones long ago. And Mary Jones is still up, alive, and well. Mary Jones doesn't know anything about Church Doctrine 101. Mary Jones doesn't know anything about the arguments between homoousius and homoousius. She doesn't know anything about the Nicene Council of 325. She wasn't there between when the debate, the very fierce debate between Zwingli and Luther happened in 1529. She wasn't there. She doesn't even bother reading the books. You see, Mary Jones believes in Jesus, believes that He has something beautiful and wonderfully planned for her and her life. And it all came home to her one day, her very first communion service. She was in a church. We don't know what kind of a church she was in. There was a line. She was in line. And she noticed that the pastor was up front and he had the, had bread. So he had a loaf of bread. So it was probably a Protestant church. And he had a cup and so forth. And he was calling everyone by name. Like John, Pat. Okay? He was calling people by name. This is the body of Christ broken for you. And as she came up in front of him, well, she'd never been there before, so she didn't know the pastor. So she raised her hand just a minute, or kind of a second. She went like this, and then she held out her hands. Remember, everyone was being called by name. And she looked him in the eye, and she said, my name is Mary Jones. Mary wasn't a theologian. She just knew that in communion, Jesus was offering her something beautiful and wonderful. And she wanted it. She wanted it to be hers. My friends, the questions and thoughts around Holy Communion for me boil all the way down to recognizing that Jesus is the one making the offer. And He's just asking us to say our name and receive it as a gift. One last thing. It's up to you if you want to do it today. 
those of us serving Holy Communion up here, most of us know your names already. But we're inviting you today as you come up, as you get ready to receive Holy Communion, we're inviting you to open your hands, to look the server in the eye and say, my name is Avery, Sarah, Debbie, Meredith, Tim, Jim, Marvel, Patrick, raise your hand. Say, say your name and receive the gift. And you, sir, as well. Thank you, Paul. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we love you and we... Communion's been around a long time and it's still hard to understand. And We thank you for the church fathers and mothers who've had so many debates because they wanted to get it right. They did. They've always wanted to get it right because they love you and they want to honor you. Help us remember that Holy Communion, it really is quite simple. It's something powerful and beautiful. It's a blessing of grace and love being offered to each one of us. Be with us this morning. Just like Mary Jones did, be with us when we call our name as you have called our name. It's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen.